do you talk about your faith in the workplace? Can you do that and get away with it? Is it illegal? What if you get called into HR for that? When are there opportunities that others may miss that you could be aware of when you could talk to others about their spiritual journey. This is our topic for today on Life Talks. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And Ben, this is, this is an important topic. You you have been um, spearheading an initiative at our church to get people to, uh, to, to be more proactive in the way they share their faith. We have yeah. the BLESS initiative we've, we've talked about on, on this broadcast before. Um, and, and this is an important thing. And I, I got to tell you, this is not something Something that I feel like I bring a lot to the table with because I've all my adult life lived in, uh, you know, or, or worked in ministry. So yeah. most of the people I know, with the exception of one church that I worked at, most of the people <laughs> I think did know Jesus. <laughs> there were many exceptions uh, at one church I worked at, but in the in the in the reality of it is, um, there are a lot of people in our congregation though that sure. work every day in yeah. in, a, in a mission field in a harvest field. Yeah. At the same time, I know of a guy in our church loves Jesus and was sharing uh, at lunch one day that uh, he always prays over his food and asked the people uh, at his table that were on his team, um, you know, I'm going to pray for my food. Can I pray for any of you about anything? And one of them went to HR and make a long story short, he lost his job just for offering wow. to pray yeah. for someone yeah. as he prayed over his meal. Yeah. So how how do we navigate this? Yeah, I, this is a great question. We got this question from uh, someone in our church who who after the we shared our vision of evangelism and prayer to to get back to some of these behaviors that should be the norm for us as Christians. Uh, so they're like basically how how do we what are your suggestions of how to do this? And I think that the the illustration you just opened with is is probably the predominant fear that most people have. Whether it's I don't want people to think I'm weird or I'm afraid I might lose my job. Um, and, and really that's, if you think about it, the, the backdrop for our Daniel series has been this, that we are, you know, how do we thrive in Babylon? How do we really live out our faith, not just in our, in, in the confines of our homes or in the, or within the, the church buildings that we have on, go to on Sundays, but how do we thrive in our faith in these hostile environments? And some workplaces are not hostile, but some are, it depends on, I think, how big of a corporation you work for. Uh, but, but I think these are real things that, that, that transpire that, that people have to deal with. So, but I, I think if you're going to say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to bring Jesus or I'm not going to talk about Jesus in the workplace. What you're essentially saying is a third of my life is completely off limits to the, to, to my faith or, or off limits to the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that's, that is a wise or spiritually, uh, mature position to take. I think if we're going to be followers of Jesus, and it's our identity that that no matter where we go or what we do, no matter what environment we find ourselves in, even if you know people keep your faith to yourself, I, I think there's a reality that God is present everywhere, and I want to represent Him everywhere that I go. So, I think the biggest thing that we've got to do, Dan, if we're going to share our faith in the workplace, is we have to number one, we've got to see ourselves as ambassadors for Christ. That that doesn't change that doesn't that never goes away that that's a um that's the identity that we have or one of the identities that we have because of Christ because of what he's done for us so i think that's that when you ask me that's the first thing you gotta do. the first thing you would do is you got to change the mindset of who you are or how you see yourself you're not primarily an employee of that church you're primarily 
a child of God. You're primarily an ambassador for Christ and you do have a job, but that your job is not your identity. And I think that's probably the the first thing I would say if you're go, if you even want to enter into kind of those kinds of conversations, you have to view yourself differently. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, your suggestion and reminder that scripture calls us to be ambassadors mm-hmm. is important. The ambassador is always available both to the king and to the country where he's mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Um, so if an, they need to get a message through, they often go to the ambassador. Or yeah. if the if the president needs to get a message to somebody else, that's that's done um, through through the ambassador. Right. And the ba- ambassador states or stays in a state of constant waiting to be that emissary mm. between the two. Um, and, and, you know, I've seen that work. My mom was really, really good at this. Everybody knew my mom was a believer at, at the corporation she worked at. And she was a high-ranking officer in the corporation. And her desk was kind of like where a lot of people would walk by or gather or get information from. And they knew she was a believer. She talked about, oh, I'm going to church tonight. Or, or she'd have a Bible there. Or she would, uh, you know— you know, some people wear a cross or mm-hmm. or something along that line. So it wasn't it wasn't aggressive, but it was a passive representation of her faith. Yeah. So here's what would happen: is they would come to her. Yeah. They would say, "Look, I know you're I know you're a religious person. Yes. Would you pray yes. for me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know you're. Or sometimes they would just come and sit down and say, "Can can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. And they would unload. And at that point, she had an open door, an open invitation to say, mm. "Well, let me tell you what I would do in mm-hmm. terms of my walk with with God." And then the other option is to take them off site. Yeah. You know, go out to lunch with them. Yeah. Do something on your dime, on your hour, and then you don't have some of the encumbrances because we still have freedom of speech yeah, in this country. Absolutely. So yeah. how how what what strategies have you seen that work? Well, I think that a couple strategies that that I think are really effective uh, are, and I go back to we've been talking about the blessed thing. I introduced it. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing this one life challenge, and and this is something I hope our church continues to grow in our understanding of. But to me, you said something there that you know. Maybe people won't come up to you and ask for prayer. That might not be on people's minds or hearts anymore. But I think you should begin praying, saying, God, give me the opportunity. You know, Colossians 4, I I believe, God, you've put people in my path that need kindness, that need love. And even though I think there's a fundamental reality, though though the people that you work around may not be open to the gospel right now, Everyone is always open to kindness and love. Mm. And so you've got to see yourself as an ambassador for Christ that can, you know, put these deposits of kindness and love into people and just praying for those opportunities to do so. Pray for the opportunities to say, God, help me to represent you well. Help me to know what to say in, in difficult times. But when we pray, I think prayer can go two ways. Number one, praying for those opportunities, praying for individuals. But I think even offering to pray for people. This is something we talked in our training when, we, when we've when we been training our uh, people that, that have taken this One Life Challenge, is to tell people one of the greatest opportunities that you can have to open up a door for a spiritual conversation is say, hey, can I pray for you? And numerous people that I've talked to that have done this, you know, someone's sharing with them something very difficult that they're going through with their family or finances or health. And all you've got to do in that moment is say, hey, listen, you know, I'm a person of faith. Do you mind if I just pay, pray for you right now? And you know, I know the person that you know the story you shared. Nine times out of ten, I've I've people have said, "Oh yeah, I'd like for you to pray for me." Um, and it does. What I would say is, don't be long. It doesn't need to be this long, drawn out prayer. Just simple. You don't need to preach a sermon. Don't preach it. a sermon. You know, if if you let's just say 
you know, you came to me and like, man, I've got some health tests and I'm not, I'm a little worried about, hey, you know what? I'm a person of faith. Can I pray for you? Hey, God, I just pray for Dan right now that you would just give him comfort and presence right now. He needs you right now. I pray that you would provide healing for his body in, in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. 10 second prayer. And man, that makes a difference in people's lives. And so I think that awareness of prayer and then the intentionality to pray changes that mindset mm-hmm. of, hey, I'm looking for opportunities. Most people, most of us aren't even looking for opportunities. That's the problem. That's yeah. the problem, right? There are opportunities all around us. And again, it's the idea of, God, give me opportunities, not just to say, hey, where would you go if you die tonight? I mean, that might not present itself until much further down the road, but there are opportunities for kindness. There are opportunities for prayer. There are opportunities for for us to dig into people's lives to to get to know them a little bit more. So I, I think that's a that uh, upfront. I would say look for those ways. Uh, you know, the second when we begin with prayer, the second letter is listen. Uh, listening is one of the greatest ways we show kindness to people today. We show them, hey, I care about you. I care about your story. And even when you're going out to lunch with people, hey, tell me about. Tell me about your life. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your kids. People love to to share their their life story. And so when you are asking questions about them, the chances are they're going to turn around and ask questions about you. And when you do, the thing I would say is don't hide your faith. Share with them your story. You don't be careful not to use the Christian vernacular. You can just say, listen, I had a... uh, you don't have to say I became born again at a crusade. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, stay away from the the spirit smoke me. The, the, yeah, some of the Christianese that we use. But what you could say is, listen, when I was 12 years old. I had a life changing event where I met God, and uh, I've had some ups and downs in life since then. But that was a moment that really changed me. I mean, if I said that to you. If you don't, I mean, chances are you're going to be like, well, tell me more about that life-changing event, right? Meet them where they're at. Don't expect them to be where you're at. And that that can be, this is going to sound a little strange to you. You know, something like that. So that you make them feel better about their confusion. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And they may ask you more questions as a result. A hundred percent. So that's another strategy. Another one, and this is the one my wife uses all the time. Talk to people like they're believers. Hmm. And when I, what I mean by that is, um, I've seen my wife do this numerous times. She has this little uh, shop over at Oak Street Mill over in Cornelius. And um, we were in there the other day with a bunch of, they're having this big event with the vendors. And and so she was getting to meet some of these other ladies that were next to her. And she's just telling her story of, oh, God opened the door for this. And then we, when the day we moved in, it was raining all day. And I was just praying, God, please just give us an open door. And, and for two hours, the rain stopped literally for two hours. It was supposed to rain all day. And I was just, God, thank you so much. And she's telling this other lady who's like, kind of like, you know, <laughs> she she doesn't, she, you can tell she's not a believer, but my wife is talking to her as if God is real to her. And she's just talking to her like she would talk to someone on Sunday morning. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times, I, I've met a, a, a couple of people that have told me they do this. They They talk to everyone like they're Christians until they give them a reason that they're not a Christian, you know? And, uh, and I just think that we many times we talk one way in one environment and we talk another way in our Christian environments. And I think what we've got to learn to do is be the same person in both environments, not just in our character, but even how we talk. Don't be afraid to say, 
man, God really helped me with this. Or we, we invoke the name of Jesus or God all the time. I, I would do this a lot with this one guy who I knew wasn't a believer. And we got connected with a guy in our church. He was helping him move in and we just grabbed coffee one time and he got, I got to hear his life story. And every time we would get together, he was very antagonistic towards the Christian faith about, you know, because of his own life experience of pain and wounds. But that never stopped me from just talking about what God was doing in my life. And I would just always say, this is what God did. And man, I'll tell you what, this is, another thing God did was this. And I didn't hide what I believed. I didn't hide my worldview. I didn't hide my perspective. And so I think that's another way to introduce this idea of faith in the workplaces. Just learn how to talk to people like, like you're a Christian. And not without using the Christianese, but the idea of, hey, my faith is important to me, and, and I see God in everything in my life. And I think those are just those are a couple ways I, I think you can um, begin to create a reputation for yourself. And these are two words that I've used with our with our blessed crew, and that is this: um, intentional awareness. That when you are intentionally aware <clears throat> of the opportunities you're going to see them much more, right? I mean, that's just, that's just part of life. So those, those are just some real practical things I would say that, that you can do or, or, or can be done. You know, as you were saying those, I was thinking about, I haven't always worked in a church because when I was in high school, I had to work. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in college, I worked secular jobs. Like you, I sold shoes. Shoe salesman. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, one of the things that impacted me, the idea of being an ambassador, like you already mentioned, but the other is that we're supposed to be salt and light, particularly the salt thing. Mm. Uh, and sometimes we look at, I think we need to look at all the functions of salt and it will help us. For instance, salt is creates thirst. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever eaten something that was way too salty, eaten too much Chinese food or something, and you get home or you're in the middle of the night, you wake yes. up and you're like, I'm dying of thirst. <laughs> well, why is it because you eat something really thirsty? High sodium, yeah. Well, part of being a Christian is to create a thirst for those things yes. that we need. Yeah. And water is a picture of eternal life mm-hmm. in, in Scripture. So I, I think one of the things that we can do in being salty is to create what is it that the sensation? What makes it? What makes you different? What mm-hmm. makes you? What makes you nice? What makes you kind? What makes you honest? What makes you dependable? What makes you such a hard worker? That's right. And that creates this thirst to know more. Mm. Um, and you don't have to bludgeon somebody with that. You don't have to be the, you know, the the street preacher at the at the water cooler, as as much as uh, creating this thirst for more of what you've got in light of everything else they observe. Mm. At the same time, salt also stings. If you get salt in an open wound, um, I mean, it is an antiseptic. It drives out the infection. It will heal faster. Mm. That. I think one of the things that we have a responsibility to do in the workplace is to stand for righteousness. Mm. And th- it'll look like different ways in different places. But I-, I would say if you have to travel a lot for business and you know a lot of the guys go out and get drunk or they go to a strip club or they – or they um, um, you know, everybody goes down to the bar together and, and, and gets, you know, three sheets in the wind, so to sp- speak. And then, you know, often what happens to that is people yeah. start going back to each other's hotel yeah. rooms and so forth. That if you said, you know, I think I'm just going to stick in my room and, and, and call my wife mm-hmm. or if you're, and, and they'll, they'll, 
they'll start assuming things and you probably use it in a negative. Oh, 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 yeah, I forgot you're the yeah, you're the faithful yeah. married guy or and so forth. You, you don't have to respond to yeah. that, but by simply being salt in that, you will be placing a little bit of conviction. Yeah. One of our one of our elders who's a airline pilot has talked to me the power of living the holy life as a representation of Christianity mm. mm-hmm. to people that may initially sting, but eventually when they're having marriage problems, when they're having, what makes you different? Or I just found out I've got cancer. You're the guy I'm going to talk to, not the guy That's who goes right. bar hopping with That's me. That's right. Exactly. And, 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 and so those are, those are opportunities. But I would also say that, um, whether or not people respond to that, I also think it's a right thing to stand up for right things. Mm. Um, it, it It's not a Christian virtue to do evil so that you don't have controversy yeah. or to stand silent in the face of something that's offensive or abusive so that you don't draw attention to yourself. Um, and, and so whether it is standing up for somebody who's being unkindly spoken to or spoken about— I'll tell you this. Um, I had an interesting conversation when I was in high school about somebody who kept using the Lord's name in vain, mm-hmm. and and that's offensive to me. It's more offensive for me to for for someone to use the Lord's name in vain, like saying Jesus Christ or yeah. God something, um, than it is to drop an f bomb to yeah. me because yeah. you know first of all one's blasphemous and the other's right. just vulgar. Right. Um, and so I finally I finally said, you know what, you know if I called you a, a name. Uh, that that was related to your ethnicity or re- related to your race or something like that, that'd be pretty offensive to you. Mm-hmm. Well, my identity is that I feel attacked every time that you use God's name like that. So can we make, can we make a deal that while you're around me that, you know, we dial it back a little bit. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say words that I know would be offensive mm-hmm. to you. Not yeah. that I would anyway, but, yeah. but, and, and I would really appreciate that. And they may or they may not do it. They may tell you to, you know, take a long walk on a short <laughs> pier or whatever. But I think at some level, you've made a statement for righteousness that God can use in the future. Mm. I, I don't think we should ever be the, you know, the, the Westboro type of person who's <laughs> the church lady from, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I mean, and that's, that's like, sinners. that's going back to 30 some years, but yeah. Yeah. I, but I do think there are opportunities for us to stand for truth and righteousness and principle and integrity and biblical values, that if we'll be wise, well, and the Bible tells us to be wise as serpents mm-hmm. and harmless as doves. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's always going to be those opportunities for us that will test our faith and, and what, what we do with, with our Christian faith publicly and how we behave in our, our righteousness is going to say a lot. And that's going to give you the opportunity to, to, to share something verbally. I just think that we need to have, the, sometimes we just need the courage to say something. Mm. And I promise you this, if you if you pray and you you are intentional and you are saying, God, give me opportunities, I promise you God will give you opportunities. Mm-hmm. And the, the only other thing, I know we've got, only got a couple minutes left, but here's the other thing I would say is don't. Don't think that you've got to try to hit a home run on the first pitch. Yep. And what I mean by that is if someone asks you about your faith, don't go into the Romans road and hold an invitation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You might need to have some conversations that lead up to a moment of decision. Now, likewise, I would say is at some point, if you have shared the gospel with them, invite them. Mm-hmm. Have an inv- invitation. Is that something that you would want to do? I think some Christians never get around to that, right? But I do think, though, that some some of us as Christians, we feel like, man, I've got to make sure I get in the three points, the fullness description of what Jesus did on the cross, 
on the very first time that someone asked me about my faith. And you don't need to do that. I mean, again, you have to sense where people are. But if they're asking you questions, just give them a little bit, you know, take them to that next level of understanding. Okay, this is what I believe about Jesus. This is what I believe about God. This is what I believe about the Bible. And 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 just take them as they come. But if I, I've seen this happen a million times. I I did this one time. Uh I basically someone kind of opened up the door for me to talk about spiritual things. And man, I just I backed the dump truck up and, du- and just shared with <laughs> him the whole every thing. <laughs> the, everything. And I'm like, what do you think? And he's kind of like, I got to go. Like, it, it's like, I was not looking for that. But, you know, and I learned from that. I learned that not just because someone's open, take, if they're open for a five-minute conversation, give them a five-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is as God continues to open up the door in their heart and their life, you'll be able to share more. Yeah. And eventually you'll get to those deeper things and those more profound things of the Christian faith. But but uh, you don't have to hit a home run on the first pitch. Right. It's a journey. It it's is a journey. journey with people. And, yeah. and be willing to take, take that journey. Be willing to say, some people might ask you something and you think, okay, next time we meet, we're going to want to talk about it. And they might not. Yeah. And just, you got to be patient and prayerful. And if you do, God will be faithful. Absolutely. Be aware of the destination. Help your friends and colleagues to get to that destination uh, as as you live out your faith publicly and with integrity. Well, as always, it's great to have you listen to us here at Life Talks. Please share us on social media if you would. Let others know about it. We continue to have new listeners every week. We're thankful for you. Please always come back and join us. And until next time, thanks for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.